Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pardon My Pancreas. My name is Matt Vandevecht, and I'm a certified trainer and nutritionist, one of your hosts today, and the other host is Ali Abdul Karim. He is a social media influencer, an incredible guy, and we are both type 1 diabetics here to share our knowledge and experiences with you. We occasionally interview people that are very knowledgeable in the diabetic world, sometimes doctors, sometimes influencers, people living with it. And this episode is brought to you by FTF Warrior, an online health coaching company for diabetics. And we will go further by saying this is not medical advice in any manner. We are not doctors. We will never be doctors. And nothing said on this podcast is meant to replace your doctor's order. So consult your doctors before you make changes. Without any further ado, let's get into... What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pardon My Pancreas Podcast. Today, we've got more exciting stuff to talk about and an even more exciting guest. Today, we have the OG Scott Johnson with us today. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the show. <laughs> My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. And uh, Scott, we met actually recently at a meetup, and I got to meet you pers- in person. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to talk a lot during the meetup, but I'm hoping we can catch up on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, that meetup was a blast. And, and there were so many cool people at the meetup that uh, it was just not enough time to go around to catch up with everyone. Oh, my goodness. What a great problem to have. We had too many people there to connect with everybody. But yeah, yeah it was a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, um, quick question for you. I, I noticed on your bio and your on your website that you were diagnosed in 1980. Is that correct? That is right. Yep. And uh, uh, interestingly enough, um, it was April uh, 26th of 1980. So I'm I'm coming up on my on my big day uh, this month. Actually, next looks like next Friday. So, um, and, and the only reason I know the exact date is because some time ago I um, I was interested in one of the um, you know like anniversary medals that uh, I think it's Lily gives out. Oh, so I, yeah, yeah. I tracked down all my, um, all the old records and uh, it was actually really fun to go through and, and look at all the notes and everything. And, um, but that's the only reason I, I know the exact date uh, of the diagnosis. I feel you. Yeah. The only reason I know my exact date is very similar. I heard about everyone doing their diversaries and celebrating and I was like, I, I should probably figure out what mine is so I can get it out on this craze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally, I, I think it's, um, you know, some people might think it's strange to like celebrate or mark the, the you know, the day of this, of this, of this, the day you're diagnosed with this thing, diabetes, right? But right. Um, the way, the way I see it is like, we should totally acknowledge all the, the learnings and, and hard work that we do to t- take care of ourselves. So it's a shame that we don't do that. We only do it one day a year, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's something that I encourage a lot of people to do is try to find at least one positive that diabetes has brought into your life. Because in most cases, it's, it's not too hard to find that positive. Yeah, that's right. I think that's a powerful outlook. Yeah. Uh, well, then, since you were diagnosed before a lot of us, what can you tell us about diagnosis in 1980? What was that like for you? Um, so at the time, I was five years old, and and quite honestly, at this point, I I can't remember much about back then. That was that was a lot of years ago. Um, but I think that we can all imagine, you know, back then at five years old, it was really the burden was more on my parents than on me, and uh, we also had uh, we didn't have the tools that we have today. Uh, we we were like. Uh, the home 
blood finger stick glucose monitoring was just entering the scene and the insulins that we had were, were the older NPH and, and regular. So um, on one hand, um, you know, the, the management was not quite as good. Uh, on the other hand, we weren't, we weren't really micromanaging like we were today, right? So you take, I, I would take a, a, a shot of insulin in the morning and, and check my blood sugar four, three or four times throughout the day. And, and then, um, you know, mealtime insulin a, a few times throughout the day too. But um, it, it wasn't anything like it is today where we're exposed to um, just a, a, a flood of, of diabetes data all day long. And, and we're, we can correct blood sugars uh, anytime we want or, or take shots of rapid acting insulin anytime we want. So it's, it was, it was much different. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it's funny to think back cause I really, I honestly, I can't remember that much about it way back when. Hmm. And that is a very interesting, uh, thing to think about as well with, you know, now we have Dexcom and all of the, the other CGMs, the insulin pumps, we can micromanage this to a T, but then it's also kind of nice. And some people do take breaks from the Dexcom and from their insulin pumps because, you are allowed to live your life without being constantly reminded of your diabetes and what those numbers are and uh, the differences between those types of care, whether you want that micromanaging or whether you want to uh, be a little bit more free. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all have to have to find, um, you know, find the balance or the, the level of, of management that we want that, that works for us. And I, and I think it also um, that balance between like, good quality of life and, and, and good diabetes management, um, it can change depending on what's going on in your life at that time and, and, um, and what you need out of your, your diabetes management. I think one good um, um, thing about it is that we can, we can change it and adjust it as needed. Uh, and, and I think being flexible is, is something that uh, it, it's a skill that you develop through diabetes and uh, it serves you well over time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen a massive difference since you were first diagnosed, but even for myself in the last nine years, you know, I started off with syringes and vials, then moved over to insulin pens. And then last year moved over to you know, the Dexcom and insulin pump and how fast everything is changing technologically for diabetes management. But then coming from where you came from in the 1980s, uh, I'm sure you've seen it. And looking back, it just must be shocking to you to see how you used to be able to take care of it and how if you went back to that method now, it would be quite different. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I, I enjoy, um, like I smile when I think about all the advancements and, and, I, and I make use of as much technology as, as um, you know, I, I tend to be kind of an early adopter and I enjoy gadgets and, and technology. And um, uh, I often will jump on, um, some of the, the early, early stuff if I can and, and can afford it or whatever. Um, but then the other side of my brain kind of, kind of thinks like, boy, the diabetes treatment, it's still, it's still kind of barbaric, right? Right. We're still like, we're still stabbing ourselves with sharp metal objects and bleeding on things. <laughs> and so there's still like, there's still this hunger for more advancement and, and like, we still need to push for better treatment and, and, and that kind of thing. So it's, um, I think we also need a healthy balance there. And, and um, but I think it's, I think we're approaching a really interesting time and, and the next bunch of years, 
uh, are going to be really exciting for us. Um, I, I've played around a little bit with the uh, with some of the the DIY closed loop systems, and and that was my next question. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating, and and what I think is even more exciting is that um, you know all of the companies in the space are working on actually commercially available systems so that it won't be DIY systems mm-hmm. uh, for much more, you know, much longer. And um, everyone will, will uh, you know, have access to this stuff. Now that there's the other question about affordability and, and um, access in a, in a different way. Uh, and, and those issues will still need to be addressed and, and worked on in that way, but I think we're, it's going to be a very exciting time uh, for us, people living with diabetes here in the, in the coming, coming bunch of years. Absolutely. And you know, like I mentioned from where we were nine years ago to now, it's been shocking how fast we've, we've improved everything, but you mentioned barbaric and it's so true. You think about it. There's still a large portion of our disease management. That is a guessing game. You know, why do we still have low blood sugars and high blood sugars? Why isn't this more regulated? And, why hasn't this, um, why aren't there systems in place mm-hmm. like looping? Why wasn't looping created long ago? Yeah. And while I'm so thankful for how far we've come, uh, it does need to keep improving. And I'm very excited for the future with all these new programs coming out and automation and, uh, just ways to better manage our disease so that we can better and more freely live our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think about, um, you know, Moving on to a, a one of the the loop systems, um, it's been it's been really an eye opener in terms of um, how how much um, kind of fine tuning diabetes just requires, and and how much a computer is is so much better suited to do that job for me. So, for example, mm-hmm. you know this system. Um, and, and all of these systems, really, I, I, I don't want to get into specifics on which one I'm using or, you know, all that stuff is available out, out for anyone who's interested in, in doing some research and, and looking it up. But, um, you know, all these systems, they're basically every few minutes, they're gathering all of the variables that, that they can get their hands on, uh, see, you know, information from the continuous glucose monitor, information from the insulin pump and uh, information on, on food you've eaten that you you input and then uh, weighing all the variables and and making decisions every few minutes. And that's, that's, I couldn't pay that much attention to my diabetes, even if that was the only thing I was worried about all day long, 24 hours a day. And uh, even on my best of days that, that, that I can't do that. And computers, they're just, they're tireless. They're good at repetitive tasks. And uh, it's, it's working really well. It's amazing. And it frees me up to do other things with my, with my brain. Um, the other thing that it does with my, with my doctors and, and healthcare team is it, um, it allows me to have better conversations with them about some of the behavioral issues that are still problems, you know, with my diabetes. So I can have higher level conversations about making better choices with food or, or exercising or what have you. We're not, we're not spending so much time kind of crunching numbers where computers are better at that stuff. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, I'm not able to give my diabetes as much attention as would be needed for the computers to not be uh, necessary. But if we think about it, even if we were able to give that much thought to our disease, what quality of life would that be? 
always right. micromanaging and always doing math and running algorithms and and constantly thinking about it you wouldn't be able to enjoy life at all yeah yeah that would be no fun be no fun. yeah so I also, I'm going to switch gears for a second here. I noticed on your website, you've got quite the impressive bio. And uh, I want to read off Thank some you. of this stuff just to make sure everyone knows how awesome you are. It says, you are the patient engagement manager. I hope you don't mind me reading this, by the way. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> patient engagement manager, USA for my sugar. You're a blogger, a speaker, a writer, an advocate, which is awesome. We need more advocates. Host of My Sugar's Live with Scott show, which sounds like I need to go watch that. That sounds like fun. And co-host for DSMA Live. I mean, what don't you do? That's incredible. It's um, so I'm I am officially a grandfather. I, I and am, a grandfather. Congrats. I've got, uh, thank you. But basically what I what I'm the point I'm getting at is I've I've been um I've been having fun in the diabetes space for a long time. And that, that has, that's where all that stuff comes from. So it's mm-hmm. not, uh, I know it sounds like I'm doing a whole lot and, and there are days when I, when I am doing a whole lot, but I really am. Um, the, the people, people with diabetes are amazing. Um, and everyone that I meet, I, I learn so much from, and it really, um, I pour myself into the community because I get so much back from the community. So um, I, I, um, I started writing um, my, my blog about life with diabetes because um, I, I was wrestling with kind of the, the very vague thoughts and feelings that were uh, roaming around inside me and, and, and I needed some way to cope with them and, and somehow stumbled onto writing as a almost a therapy tool and um, found others in the space that were uh, I, I connected with and, and just fell in love with that. Um, and, and through all of that, through the community, was able to um, uh, find uh, opportunities to do everything else that, that was mentioned there. Um, and again, through that, was able to um, find uh, find my work here at my sugar where um, I get to I get to as my part of my day job like engage with other people living with diabetes and and learn from people and um, help help uh, help a, a fun company um, do right by people with diabetes and I, I feel really blessed to be to be doing that and um, like what well, what else, what else could I be doing? Mm. I mean, it just, it feels so, it feels, I'm really blessed to be in, in doing what I'm doing and pour myself into it as much as I can. That's awesome. And by the way, at my sugar, you guys have one of the best taglines I've ever heard. Make diabetes suck less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I can't take credit for that. That, <laughs> that was around before, before my time, but yeah, I totally embrace that. And everyone, everyone here does. And you know, like we all know diabetes sucks and, mm-hmm. and you know, barring a cure, uh, it's going to suck and, and we're just, we'll do everything we can to, to help make it suck less uh, wherever we That's can. amazing. So of all those things that you do, you're an advocate, speaker, writer, blogger, all this stuff, what would you say is your favorite that you've done over your life since 1980? Man. I know that's a big um, one. <laughs> yeah, that is a big one. So, so the, the, the DSMA live, that was, um, uh, 
uh, it was a blog talk radio show that uh, I co-hosted with Sharice Shockley mm-hmm. and George Simmons. So the, like the original Ninja Bedic and, <laughs> um, and that was so much fun. And uh, that show, we haven't done a new episode of that in a, in a very long time. So Sharice uh, is, she's an amazing human being and, and started like going back to school. She's getting ready to graduate here pretty soon. And um, like we, we, we would connect on a weekly basis, Sharice, George and I, and um, have a conversation with guests every week and, and talk with them. So that was definitely like a highlight, um, a highlight of that time. I'm also right now really, really enjoying the, the Facebook live shows, the live with Scott here at my sugar um, one, because I'm, I'm connecting with amazing people every week, but two, because I'm also learning some new, like new technology. I, I haven't done, I haven't done stuff with video and, and things like that before. So I'm getting to learn new things uh, along the way too. So um, I'm having a lot of fun with that. And man, when it comes to learning new things, like I look back and, and even looking at, at our, my current setup and what I'm doing, there's like so much room for improvement and, and things I want to do different and, and, like the list of, of things on my to-do list on what I want to do better and, and how to grow. It, it's taller than I am, but, but what a fun, what a fun thing. That's right? awesome. Yeah. And you have that ability to reach out to so many people with your story and with your knowledge and uh, whether you know it or not, you're helping people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And they're, and they're helping me and, and um, it all like it, that's a beautiful thing about the community and, and, um, and like the power of stories like it, it's, it's a, it feeds itself, right? Like it's a self, it's a self feeding circle. And so again, I'm like pouring myself out into the community, which then fills my cup uh, right back up. And, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. No, it's an incredible thing that you guys are doing. And uh, I know you've been pouring a lot into this for many, many years. So uh, I would like to thank you for the work that you've done. I know that you've helped a lot of people because I've heard your name bounced around in a lot of conversations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's also funny that you mentioned Sharice. We actually had her on the show recently, and I was not aware that she started Blue Fridays. Did you know about that? Yeah, uh, I did. So yeah, cool. yeah. She she's <laughs> she has so many ideas. She is one of my favorite people around, and and whenever like if she has an idea, um, and and asks me for help or asks me about it, I rarely ask any questions. It's like yes, whatever, like whatever's <laughs> in her brain, it's gold, and just run. Oh with yeah. It. She was an amazing guest to have on our show, and um, that's so cool that you were involved with her her project as well. It was the Twitter conversations, right, that you guys did the lives with? It, it was, yep. So we, she would do the, the Twitter chats on Twitter on Wednesday nights, and then she, she was looking for a way to um, – so Sharice is always about helping more people and trying to, trying to you know, build bridges between – um, between communities. So in this case, she wanted to, to help people who maybe were not online or who, who were intimidated by Twitter and how fast Twitter moves and, and, and things like that. So mm. um, she thought that um, finding a way to kind of broadcast on a, an online radio platform uh, so it would broadcast live over the internet, but also was then recorded. So it was like a podcast of sorts. Um, it, it could reach a new audience of people. And um, to this day, she's always cooking up ideas on how to reach more people, reach new audiences, reach reach those bubbles of people that 
that need help and and need our stories and and need those connections that uh, that don't necessarily know about the the diabetes online community or know that there's all this help out there and, and all this support out there. So um, she's really an amazing person and, and someone I uh, admire tremendously. Absolutely, yeah. I was I was very thankful to have a chat with her on the, the podcast. It was really fun. Um, actually, going back to you mentioned how you're an early adopter of most diabetes tech and how you've jumped on, or at least in the past you have, I don't know if you currently are, on the looping train. Mm-hmm. Um, what, have you noticed that you take your numbers too seriously sometimes, or is it? Um, do you ever find yourself giving yourself a hard time for not perfect numbers, anything outside of that range? Yeah, that's interesting, because I think that um, with, with diabetes, so diabetes is, we're really... Um, so diabetes is a perfectionist worst nightmare, right? Like there's very few. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great way of few, putting it. Right? I mean, there's very few conditions out there where, you know, we we have to make decisions um, on how to do something, right? Whether it's eat a meal, uh, do a workout or go enjoy some activity. And then a few hours later, you're evaluating how you performed by mm-hmm you know, looking at a CGM or checking your blood sugar or simply trying to get through another thing, a, a meeting or the, you know, sleeping through the night, whatever, right? Very like, true. Um, and so, like, we have the opportunity to beat ourselves up about our diabetes performance uh, all day and night long. Um, and it, so it can be really, really hard to, um, to to be kind to ourselves around diabetes. And, and you know, if you look at the way uh, a non-diabetic system works, um, the 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 body is measuring its blood sugar, like I don't know, more often than than every second. And when it finds something that's out of range, it fixes it almost immediately, and it fixes it exactly. Right. And here we are with diabetes, uh, and even with CGMs, right? And keep in mind, like not everyone's wearing CGMs. In fact, only there's a, like a small portion of people in the overall diabetes space that wear CGMs. Yeah. Even with CGMs, we're only getting 255 data points a day, right? Now compare that to every second, which is, I don't know, something like 86,400 times a day, right? It's, it's still a wide difference. And then when we, with with diabetes and on a CGM, take action, it, it takes like hours for a high blood sugar to come down. Or, you know, when we eat a meal, it, it's, there's still the, the digestion of food happens and our blood sugars go up and then come back down. Like we're, we are, we are no match. The tools we have today are no match for a non-diabetic, non-diabetic body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like the, the deck is stacked against us. And, um, and, and like I have, to, I have to remind myself to keep that in mind when I'm, when I'm looking at uh, how I'm doing today. So it, it's, I don't know, I just think in general, we don't give ourselves enough credit for just how good we do. Like the fact that, the fact that I made it through a day without having to, to, to stop too often or, or think about my diabetes too much or, you know, whatever. You could even say the fact that I made it through a day, just period. Right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty dang good. You know, or the fact that, that, um, 
that I accomplished uh, playing basketball without diabetes getting in the way. That's 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 good. We're doing really, really good with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you think about just how difficult it really is, and we're kind of also brainwashed because the expectations are set in. Like, okay, when you eat a meal, you do X, Y, Z, and, and, and this is what will happen, right? And most of the time, that is what happens. Mm-hmm. But then there's always the times when, well, that's not what happens because there's, there's, life just doesn't always work that way. So oh, yeah. um, I think we just, it, it's, I'm trying to be much, much better at, at being kind to myself, remembering that, um, you know, compared to a non-diabetic person, like, the deck is stacked and, and overall I'm doing a really good job. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, something that I'm going to share a little story. I like to be real with everyone. And that's what this podcast is based on is real stories with diabetes. And most of the time I stay pretty close to in range and it's because I follow a lot of the rules. You know, you mentioned the things you have to think about when you eat, do this, do that, do that. And you should have good blood sugars, but that doesn't always work. You know, like you mentioned, we don't always have perfect blood sugars, even if you do every single step perfectly. And a great example of that is this morning (laughs) after my breakfast, I followed all the rules that did everything that should have given me a perfect blood sugar reading afterwards. And I broke 200 and I was so Mm. frustrated because I did all everything right. And you know, I've, I'm trying to train myself. It's just a number. Do what you have to do to get it back in range. Accept it. It's not your fault all the time. And uh, yeah. But it's so difficult to still ignore that bad number and say, okay, it's just a number. Fix it. Because it feels like it's my fault. You know, I'm going into that right. thinking, what did I do wrong? Why is it at 200? And I think more often than not, most people living with diabetes see numbers as their fault. They see it as a report card instead of as a data point. And totally. we really can get down on ourselves as a result of that. And it, yeah, is that absolutely. something that you've ever, I mean, I'm assuming <laughs> that's something oh you've th- had with yourself. Do you find yourself getting down on yourself for bad numbers? Totally. Yeah, totally. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard not to assign value to those numbers. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and I think that it's also um, like we, we have to work really hard to try and stop that, um, that language in our brains, right? So as soon as you see that number, you're like, oh, I, I should have done something different mm-hmm. or, um, you know, what did I do wrong? Or, you know, there's all this, it's almost like this negative spiral of conversation in our own brains, right? And um, and it's almost an automatic reflex. But uh, I think that, um, yeah, that's just like, it's so hard not to get caught up in that, in that negative spiral. So, and, and quite frankly, like diabetes is just diabetes and there are going to be um, many numbers that we face that are, that are just wacky and there is no good explanation because diabetes is complicated Mm -hmm. and there's a lot that, that is just not well understood yet. Um, It's just complicated. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd like to say that that's, just in our heads that like we are the ones that give ourselves those emotions and that it's my fault for saying it's my fault you know but yeah. unfortunately I, and this may be a polarizing topic i don't know yet but i think there's a lot of blame to be placed on social media i think a lot of people yeah. are bragging about their great a1c's saying that you know i finally am less than five a1c or less than six and it's it's kind of like this unspoken competition of mm. mine's better than yours, or I've stayed in range this many days, bet you can't do that. And I think that we see that as these unrealistic expectations that 
we think it's their daily norm and we right. expect ourselves to meet that same level of perfection. And when we don't, we get mad at ourselves. And it's just that you enter that spiral like you were talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is really good for, for showing the, the best of the best of things. Right. right. And, um, <laughs> I was talking with uh, w- with Megan push ups and pumps. She was at the, oh, at the yeah. meetup, and um, something I really value about about what she does and what she shares on, on her channels is, um, you know, she does show the, the great sides of her diabetes, but she also shows um, she also like she shows all sides of her diabetes story. And, and right. I think that that's really powerful because um you know, she does show her like her great blood sugars in the morning, but she'll also talk about like, okay, I had that great blood sugar in the morning because I had to wake up four times overnight to, Mm -hmm. you know, treat highs and lows to get there. And, um, she, and and there's just, there's power in showing all of it, not just the, the pretty side of it. But I, and I also think that that really validates, um, the, the feelings of people who are, who are like struggling with their with their diabetes right and that was one very powerful thing for me as i started to connect with people in the in the online space um, because diabetes in 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 our everyday walk of life often feels very isolating and as i as i struggle with um, certain situations whether it's you know doing everything right and still having uh, out of target values, um, or just not being confused on how to deal with a meal or an exercise session or whatever the case may be, right? My, that, that automatic negative self-talk is making me feel weird and strange and broken. But then as I connected with people and found out like, wow, they're like, they're struggling with the same thing. It really brought that sense of normalcy, right? And, and helped me understand like, no, this is just part of living with diabetes and, and also showed me all these different perspectives on how to, like, how to get beyond that and, and how to like fight through those, those, those hard times and, and, and keep going, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I've said this a hundred times before, but after going to my first diabetic meetup, after going to my first diabetic conference, these events where you meet other people like you, it recharges your battery. And you're just so full of life coming out of those events because you realize you're not the only one that has diabetes. You realize you're not the only person who's struggling with diabetes. And now you've got this network of people that you can share your struggles with and you can also share your victories with. These people that understand what a unicorn is and how exciting that is when you finally get a good blood sugar after a meal. And it's through these events that you build your community and you're able to strengthen that bond with others because... I mean, let's be honest. Anytime you meet someone with diabetes, you're best friends, like right away. Like we have so yeah. much in common. You understand the majority of my life and everything I've been through. Let's talk. Let's be best friends because there's yeah. there's so much that we go through that the rest of the population just does not understand and they never will. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's automatic. Just there's so much unspoken uh, commonalities. It's it's an instant connection. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody who hasn't been to an event yet, that's highly recommended it will change your life and uh, i mean that's where i met scott <laughs> yeah this is so yeah these these events yeah it's great they will change yeah. your life they're fun and even if you're not trying to find new best friends who have diabetes they're still fun to go hang out at and to go hear other people's stories yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's um uh, encouraging to 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 know that um you know there's there's other people like you out there and and 
hearing those stories, it, it, it's, uh, it's a powerful thing. And, and, you know, it might, it might even inspire you to tell your story. Yeah, very true. And the moment when you hear your first beep of somebody else's CGM or insulin pump <laughs> or something else, and you go, oh, they're probably low right, right now. Some low blood sugars. Right. I know. Hey, you need some sugar? <laughs> right. And yeah. That's right. Oh, man. It's a whole other level. Um, well, that that was a whole new topic. I haven't even dove into that before. That was fun to chat about. <laughs> <laughs> I Good. love talking yeah. about that, especially how we impose those negative emotions on ourselves, these bad blood triggers that we see and, um, and how, you know, we all know it's just a number, but it's so difficult to see it in that moment as just a number. So um, thank you for sharing your opinion on that. That was incredible to have that chat. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoyed it too. And, and you know what, keeping our heads on, heads on straight with diabetes is uh, it's super hard, but it's one of the most important parts of it, uh, of living well with diabetes. Oh yeah. And, you know, on that note, uh, one thing that we like to do before we let any of our guests escape the podcast is to ask you for your best or favorite tip of advice for someone living with diabetes. What would you like to tell the audience? Yeah, um, one of one of my favorite mantras uh, that, that often keeps me going is uh, focus on progress, not perfection. Uh, that that has that has done so much good for me over the years. So. Uh, just one one step at a time. Progress, not perfection. That's incredible advice, especially for diabetes. But honestly, I think that applies to just about everything in life. Totally, totally. And I can't I can't even take credit for it. There are two sources very close to my heart. One, uh, her name is Birdie from the from the blogosphere way back in the days, and then um, uh, a coach that I work with named Sean Shepard. So shout outs to Birdie and Sean. Uh, I love you guys, and, and thank you for that, uh, for that mantra. It's well, thank you, Birdie and Sean. That's incredible yeah. advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, where can people find you, Scott? If you want to find um, you on Instagram or the internet, find your blog yeah, yeah. and stuff. Totally, totally. So on Instagram, um, Scott K. Johnson. I know it's super original, very creative. <laughs> uh, my my uh, personal blog is scottsdiabetes.com, and that also has links to uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And then um, I pop up at my sugar uh, from time to time. So uh, sending out newsletters and, and Facebook Live and all that kind of good stuff too. So um, lots of fun places. Thank you for the opportunity to share that, Matt. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So anybody, if you want to find Scott, make sure you go find him on all of those things and follow him on every platform because he's an awesome guy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This has been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on. I really appreciate your knowledge and your stories. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you again in the future, hopefully. Absolutely. And thank you guys for what you guys are doing for the community. It's a, it's a big deal and uh, much appreciated. Absolutely. All right, everybody, that is it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, uh, be sure to subscribe and check out Scott Johnson on Instagram, on MySugar, at his blog. Go check him out. It's a great guy. All right, guys, have a good day. 